This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the besotted pride of West London podcast. And we're coming to you from the virtual joint. Normally we go out to the pub, but again, Saturday, Brentford went to Elm Park. Well, they didn't go to Elm Park, they went to the Majeski, but we still think of it as Elm Park because we're, we're old school like that. And unfortunately, the Bees went down 2-1 to Reading and we came back from that place. Well, it took us ages to get back because as you've ever been to the Bajeski, it takes forever to get back out of there majorly depressed, all the Bees fans majorly depressed, so we thought, tell you something, instead of going out to the pub today, let's go to the virtual joint. So I'm Billy Grant sitting here in my virtual zone with my virtual buddies. Well, they're my real buddies, actually. Sitting around, going to talk Brentford for a, I don't know, for a little mini-pod today. Like I said, I'm Billy Grant and I've got in the room, Savvy B. How are you doing, Sav? I'm fine, thank you, Billy. Yep, yeah, all good here. Yeah, yeah. Are you feeling as sort of downish as I am? I mean, I shouldn't be feeling down because I said, like I said to you, I, you know, I said that I'd be happy if Brentford only got a good game against Derby and had a good game against Leeds. Those are the two ones that I'm concentrating on. But you know, after that game on Saturday, I'm feeling a bit down in the dumps. How about yourself? It was, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not overly happy, but we are now uh, champions of Middlesex, so uh, I'm a little bit more happy after last night. And uh, yeah, Saturday was a bit of a. Bleh. It was like end of season, nothing game. Um, day out was uh, was pretty nice uh, with me buddies, but um, that was about it. Yeah, yeah, it was end of season. Yeah. It isn't a season of nothingness. And like I said to you, I mean, we are the champions of Middlesex. And we will talk about that a little bit later. The Middlesex Cup last night, which Brentford won our first cup victory since, I think it's round about the wall or something like that as well. Even though somebody did point out that we actually did win the Milk Cup as well, if you remember rightly. Most people think, the Milk Cup, what's he talking about? We're not talking about the sort of the old League Cup. We're talking about the Milk Cup that we won over in Ireland with our under-15s team um, about five or six years ago. But anyway, I've also got the, the Allard in the house. The Allard, I know you've got your eyes glued on a little bit of European action while you're discussing with us here today, aren't you? I've, yeah, I've <clears throat> I missed all four goals, actually. But um, it's too, yeah, it's a bit bonkers, isn't it, this Man City-Tottenham game? But we're not here to talk about that. 
So, um, uh, what what are we talking about? Talking about Reading. Um, we had a had a had a nice day out on Saturday. Um, apart from the minute I got on the bus to the minute I got off the bus um, for two bus trips. The rest of it was good fun though. The bus uh, trip to the stadium, obviously, isn't it? it? It yeah, exactly. Yeah, the bus to the stadium. It's no. It's it's just once you yeah that's that is no fun. And and then if the football doesn't deliver, it makes the bus trip back very unfun as well. Um, Aon Park, of course. I was there was no Kevin Godfrey moment. I seem to remember Kevin Godfrey scoring a big goal at Elm Park back in the day. Um, maybe we could have done with him on Saturday. Maybe we should have actually gone back to Elm Park and played at Elm Park instead. Actually, <laughs> it might have been better for us. Well, yeah, it, it may well have been. Um, yeah. it's, it's, it, do you know what? It's an away trip. I don't make that often, even though it's a relatively easy one because it's just not much fun. So, OK, well, we'll try and get a little bit more fun this weekend. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Also got the lady man in the house who seems to be straddling between Europe and Asia at the moment now. We're not quite sure which side of the pond he is at the moment now, Laney. I am in Asia. I'm on the Asian side of the Bosphorus at the moment. Um, yeah, so drinking a, drinking a bottle of uh, um, Turkish black stout. So, uh, yeah. and the, and the Bothris, a lot of people, I'm, I'm, some people might not know where the Bothris is with the Bothris. Bothris is in Istanbul. Ah. Istanbul. So, um, yeah, I'm back, back tomorrow, um, back for the, uh, back for the Millwall trip. So, uh, yeah, I shall, uh, I shall be at the new den. Um, Reading. Oh God. It's a, I mean, it's just a shame we lost to them because if, if, if we'd have won, there's a good chance they would have got relegated this season. And, I just I hate going there. It's, pro- it's probably the low light of my, um, my my away games. It's it's just horrible. So um, it's a shame we've got to go there next season. If I'm honest. Oh, okay. Well, I was a bit confused because I said you, you, it's a shame that we won. Or oh, shame that we shame we didn't win. You know, you were saying because obviously if we'd won and you don't like going there, then you would, you actually wanted <laughs> us to win, didn't you? I wanted us to win. So no, it's a shame we didn't win oh, because okay. it, they, they, they would have lost. Ah. And then oh, if we'd have won, it would have helped in their rent, you know, put them down. Yeah, okay, all right, okay, which is, which is fair enough. We talked about that before as well. And like I said to you, radio show, we discussed Reading a lot more on nine o'clock in the evening, Monday night, Love Sport Radio. Myself, Lave, Laney, and XG Dave with Johnny chatting about the Reading game. And if you want to check that out, just check it out on prideofwest.london. But what we're going to do, go back to the game on Saturday if we really have to. And also what we're going to do, listen back to what the fans had to say, because some of you may have listened to the show, some of you may have decided to turn that off and just check that out. We're just going to have a little discussion about Reading, but more about where we're going, because also this is all about next season, really. So we'll talk about that after this little twang. I thought the first 15, 20, we were awful. You know, it really, really, really should have been 3-0 up and the game was buried and we just like, we hadn't woken up. It's... You would think it was a game up in Aberdeen and they'd got travel sickness or something, not 30 minutes down the M4. Frank obviously had a word with the team at half-time and told them that, you know, he was still looking to see what they were playing for and to get on with it. Uh, but Reading wanted that more than Brentford did today. It was disappointing performance. Nobody really impressed today for the Bees. Reading battled away. They got the goals that they wanted early on and then really were prepared to play out for the final whistle. I, I think we were too slow, in, in honest opinion. And we, in which we way were we zip, too slow? We didn't zip the ball around, we didn't press high enough, uh, and, and the, too many mistakes at the back in the first half. Sorensen was caught out, so was Dowsgaard. 
too many times. It was like a stroll in the park. Do, do, are we always slow, or do you think we've no. just slowed down towards the end of the season? Slowed down towards the end of the season. I think it was just they thought, well, season's done, season's over, let's just have a go. Today, I thought, was a poor performance. Today was for the taking. We should have won. Just on silly things, and we've had a couple of players today um, that were just off song. Simonson looked a bit out of his class today, I thought, early on. And I thought to Silva, you know, Makocha, we need an enforcer in midfield. I mean, Reading weren't particularly dirty, but you needed somebody strong in there. In the first half, I thought we got quite badly exposed at times. I don't think we were much worse today than we were on Wednesday. I think Wednesday, I think we got away with it because they were playing for nothing either, and they were dreadful. Today, they were scrapping for their lives. They had something to play for. They turned up. We didn't, and we just looked a bit embarrassing, to be honest. The season's over for us, isn't it, really? It's frustrating. It looks like they're all on their summer holidays already. And as you said, like there's players who have got a point to prove. Even Ben Rama as well. Like The form he's been in this season, he knows he's playing for a premiership move. He's playing for big money and move to the premiership. You've got to be turning up in these sorts of games. You can't afford to just tail off at the end of the season if you want to push on to the next level. Same with De Silva and, and Sorensen. If you want to be breaking into the first team next season, these are the perfect games to go on, get in, put a performance in establish yourself in the first team and then when you get to the first game of next season you've already made a point to Frank saying no I'm undroppable start me I thought we started really well we were electric at the start some really good attacking play got in behind you really well some uh, nice opening goal and Mate getting another one as well he's in a lot of confidence at the moment great to great to see it and had to ride a lot of pressure later on in the game but we did that well we've got the we've got the, the spirit to do it we've got the resilience to do it and that might be what we what um sees us over the line in the in the end players believe they can win games and get points now you go back to under paul clement and um just the the psychology was wrong we didn't believe we could win we were dropping points too too often and the manager's got us believing now he's um really united the fans united the players as well and it's a it's a, it's a great atmosphere to be around at the moment well it ain't good enough is it it's too slow it's too ponderous wayward passes what more do you want me to say I don't think they were that up for it because I thought the second half we was all over them again but the first half they had two chances they took them two soft goals as well one through ball the keeper should have saved it and then alright the second one's a good header but still should have been knocked out uh, first three minutes was wicked yeah, it looked like it was going to be a really good game thought we could have possibly got a third as well but um, then seemed to settle down Brentford came back into it but look I thought I thought were we winners, to be honest, although Brentford had most of the possession for the, the game, they didn't really c- create that many clear-cut chances, so I think right result. I'm disappointed, really, Bill, because, uh, you know, 2,000 Brentford fans, they spent a lot of money and made a lot of effort to come here. We were up for it. The players, not so much, I, I, I'd say. You know, we had, we had the possession, we, had, we bossed the game because we were obviously a better team. The table, table's not going to lie this afternoon. We, uh, we found ourselves two goals down clawed it back to 2-1 I expected a big second half and it, it, it didn't happen and, I'm, and I'm, I'm just disappointed really So that's the fans at Reading Reading fans Bees fans Bees fans really really unhappy and I can see why as well I was uh, not particularly unhappy and we said Reading you know we just thought let it go by let's see what happens but at the end of the day I suppose as a Brentford fan you just want to get a bit of a performance 
week in and week out. And, uh, you know, just seeing that on Saturday was just a little bit like, oh, no, you know, especially as we just bought train tickets to go up to Bolton. We thought, if they're going to perform like this here, you know, we're going to have to really rethink the Bolton game. And, you know, some of us are actually thinking, <laughs> you know, maybe we'll go up to Manchester and probably not go to the game at all. Not being unloyal, but we're just sort of saying, you know, kick football out of football. Maybe that might have to be a designated KIOF. Football day, anyway. But listen, Reading, Laney, it wasn't great, was it? No, it, it was. It was. It was pretty, pretty dire to watch. If I'm it was quite bad to watch. You're saying, you know? Um, he's been drinking a bit of stout over there. But I mean, listen, the Allard. I mean, the thing about it is that we're just going to come back to. I mean, obviously, the game is terrible to watch. But what was more terrible was Ben Rama going off injured. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, it was a bit of a, I guess, you know, um, if he's going to go off injured and be out for a period of time, um, this is the best period of time, um, that could happen as, as effect, as we all know, the season's over. Um, so that, you know, you you could take a crumb of thought of that from that, but for those of us that are going to be going to some of the games or most of the games, um, then, you know, it's not great, is it? Because, you know, you, you want something to look forward to um, when you go. And, um, yeah, it's a bit of a shame, that. I think, um, I mean, for, you know, on Saturday, I just thought, you know, I think that Ipswich game didn't set us up well for Saturday. I think that was such a walk in the park that, that you know, I think you sort of wonder if the players were a little bit switched off for Saturday. And, um, and yeah, I'd, I'd, it was just, yeah, thoroughly disappointing. Sav, I mean, we've got to come back to Ben Rahm because obviously he's a big key player for us and we're, you know, we're looking for a bit of an up. You know, we want to see him, you know, back in the season. Just like when Scott Hogan played at the back end of that season, he gave us a bit of a buzz. You know, when Vibe picked up towards the back end of that season, he gave us a bit of a buzz. And that's a little bit of a downer as well. You know, we've got him injured. We've got Mococcio injured as well. You know, we've got quite a few key players injured as we're going into this next match. I've got a question for you. Do you think that this is a... Um, not a contingency, but do you think it might be a scenario where we're just thinking, look, we don't need to play him, so do we? Should we just sort of kind of just rest him off um, for a few games? Uh, well, it's, he did look quite badly injured. He was hobbling uh, all the way off, so I suspect he is injured, and it's probably not worth forcing him back for the last game of the season. So maybe just give him a bit of a rest, get his. Uh, his, his uh, recuperation uh, over a slightly longer period of time rather than trying to rush him back. As, as Matt said, this is it's the end of the season's over. There's no actual point in uh, in rushing anything now. We're not we're not going to prove anything by seeing him on the last game of the season. So, yeah, it's, it's a shame because he's be- beautiful stuff to watch and uh, we're going to miss him. And, you know, with Camo out as well, um, it's, it's possibly a chance to see... The, one or two more B-team players will actually uh, give some of the players that have been on the bench for a while uh, a good run out. I think, um, for me, it's like, um, you know, you talk about, and it's a good point, Bill, you talk about the Viva thing, especially the Hogan thing, where he suddenly, you know, he came towards the end of that season and we suddenly thought, what a player we got here. So, that you know, the man that's got to now step up to the mantle is Marcondes. Um, This is his opportunity to show us what he can do, what he can deliver, and get us excited for next season about him. 
All right, I mean, so, so there's a little bit of sort of rumour flying around, I don't know if you, as well. And again, we're just reporting on what's there. We're not actually saying this is right, but reporting on there. Was somebody believes, you know, uh, this conspiracy theory is what they're saying, is that they think that because Brentford have so much money on the table for Ben Rama, they've actually just kind of wrapped him on cotton wool and they're not going to play him anymore because they want to sell him because, you know, the big figures flying around of 15, 20, 25 million pounds, um, the deal's already done. Yeah, I think um, I... My, my suspicion is I think he's injured. I don't think this is quite Scott Hogan's buttocks, is it? This looked a bit more serious than that. Um, I, I think it's convenient to always have a conspiracy theory, but, you know, unless he was faking and sort of hobbling off on Saturday, you know, he, he looked, when he went off Saturday, he looked like he wasn't going to play for a couple of weeks. So, you know, I, yeah, I, I think it's for real. Okay, I mean, it, and, and it's, it, like I said, a bit frustrating because, like I said, you've got Ben Rama out, we've got Makocho who are two, you know, quite key players for us. And also, you know, we've got a big game at Millwall on Friday. You know, it's a big game for them. But also, we like to think it's a big game for us because we don't want to see ourselves get sort of kind of, uh, you know, wipe the floor with as such. So, do you think this is going to present us problems? I know you're talking about bringing extra players in. But, or do you think this is actually a massive, massive opportunity and we actually might see some real positives out of it? I think, uh, for me, I think uh, I think what will be interesting Friday is to see if we change the system, because um, this is probably the you know if if we are going to do it, I think it's the golden opportunity against Millwall. Um, I, you know, to to maybe go four three three, get my Condes into a three man midfield, and then you can still play. You know, you you still got the option of sort of of Canos Watkins. And Mal pay up front as, as your as your front three, um, so I think that's I think that's a possibility. The only thing is, of course, against Millwall, it's quite physical, um, so so you can equally make a argument that you know it appears that Mads Beck Sorensen's um, strength as a player is is, is going to be his physical strength, and you could make a good argument that actually this could be a good game for him on um, on on Friday. So you know, I, either or really with that. So like I said to you, all these. Injury, you've got Ben Rama. You know, you've got Makocho potentially. Obviously, we've got uh, Barbe, who's out. So they've created all these opportunities. Who would you expect? Or who else would you like to see come in against Millwall? It's almost like we haven't got anything to lose now. OK, yeah, we're going to lose the game. But at the moment now, we, we don't win away anyway. So we actually have got nothing to lose whatsoever. So like, seeing what you have now, we're going to talk about the B team game in a minute now. Who would you like to see come into this game? Because maybe they might be free spirit and actually go for it and just bring a new spark to the bees because we really need it at the back end of the season. Well, as Matt said, I'd really like to see uh, Mark Ondes because I think he, he's, whenever he's come on, he's looked really, really good. But I think that since uh, January, Canos has been excellent. So I'd love to see him get a proper run of a few games starting. Uh, but uh, I think Matt's, Matt again is right about if you're going to get Mark Ondes in, you need to change the shape. And I'm just wondering if we've done five of the back to death uh, maybe we, maybe it's time for a change. It's kind of stopped being as effective as it was because we're, we're still letting in stupid goals. Uh, that might be because we're not, we haven't got the Barbe there and we're playing sort of, you know, a young Mads with very little experience. So it's, it's kind of, you know, um, it's, it's kind of, uh, you know, you win one, you lose one. It's going to be, you know, you want, you want A, but, you know, you're going to lose B. So I think it's down to Thomas Frank and possibly... Again, what it says about five of them back in Millwall might be might be wise and maybe switch it around at, at Leeds. Throw the element of surprise at Leeds. 
again an element of surprise. I mean, Leeds is obviously the key game for us, which we want to, which want to, which want to win. I mean, we're not going to talk about that that much because it's still a few more days in, in advance. I mean, we can talk about Leeds if you want to as well. But just coming back to the Reading game, I mean, there was obviously another injury. It was a player who is in and out the side. He's so talented. We see the difference that we play when he, when, you know, when he plays. We see the difference in the side, and, and we were very excited about him when we got three at the back because we use the wing back system, which is um, Rico Henry as well. But obviously, Rico Henry's been out. He was out injured as well. Odubaju actually switched to the left hand side, um, so he's out on the left hand side with Dalsgaard Dars, on the right. Now, you know, Dals, you know, again talking about opportunity. I mean, we're going to talk about the B team game in a minute now as well. But I'm just wondering, what do you think of um, Theo? Archibald. I mean, if you're talking about throwing in a wild card and actually throwing someone inside the, and, and actually sort of doing something different, do you think it's the right time for him or do you think it's a little bit early? Um, I, I think the question with Archibald is where you would play him. Um, I think, you know, I've seen him play for the B team as a left wing back, um, or maybe it was left back, um, and he didn't play that way on um, Tuesday night. So, you know, what... Where would you play him? Um, is there an opportunity at wing back, or do you still play? I think you know if Moses and Dalsgaard are fit, you can rely on them anyway. Um, does he go come onto the bench? Um, yeah, yeah, I, th- I think he probably should. Um, and you know, and then it's a question of of what system you're playing and uh, what opportunities arise, and whether and whether you bring him on. He probably is the next most likely, I would say. Uh, you know, just because he's got a little bit of experience, he has played for the first team once or twice. But I'm sure there's another option of an out-and-out wild card. I mean, Sav, you know, you saw the game last night, the B team game. Is there any players from there that you throw into the pot? Uh, well, I did actually really rate Archibald in terms of physique as well and his speed and uh, skills. He's, he seems to be really quite close to the first team. And I would definitely put him on the bench, especially if you're going to have Canos on the pitch. He's going to have Canos and Watkins, so we're going to be a bit short of wingers then. So I think he's, he'll be ideal on the bench. Um, I mean, I liked quite a lot of the players. I, mean, I like Holder Silver as well. He, he looked really good, uh, but I think there's too many players in front of him. Um, I also liked um, uh, Ali Coote. He played some lovely balls. I mean, I think uh, he's, a, he's a very interesting player. You know, he's not he's not just like um, sort. Of, you've got people like Zambuek who kind of. Uh, and Akansen, who are kind of solid midfielders. But Ali Coote's got a real uh, eye for a pass, and he looked really interesting. So I'd like to see more of him, but um, whether whether it's this season and in the team, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I, th- I think, um, yeah, the, the Scottish lad looks looks decent, Archibald. So, I mean, let's, let's come back to it. So, basically, Reading's done. We've got Millwall coming up on Saturday. We might talk a little bit about this at the back end of it, but... Um, our season is our season. It's all it's all over, isn't it? And you, are, there, are there any plus sides that you saw from that game on Saturday? What against Reading? Yeah, plus sides. Yeah, uh, I know. I'm trying to be positive here. <laughs> let me think. No. <laughs> Sam, um, not not many. No, uh, <laughs> we we did improve a little bit. Uh, we uh, Mope scores another goal. That's always good. I'll add another bit to his uh, his feet. Um, yeah, no, we, we we did improve, but um, we played within ourselves. I think either we're we're getting geared up for one massive push against Leeds, and we're just like holding it back, or we we just given up. 
Aren't you, but again, aren't you a bit worried? I mean, we had, I think it was nearly seven, they had 38% possession. So, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, we had, you know, 65-ish, you know, percent possession in that game. I know it's not all about possession, but again, they were quite happy. They changed their formation as well to what they normally play. They were quite happy to let us have the ball and then hit... But, but, but Bill, they were 2-0 up. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I get it if they scored, you know, if they... Before the goals happened in the last twenty minutes, um, but they were they were two 0 up. Of course, they sat back and let us have the ball. They're going to, you know, it, 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 I, I, if you really ask me for positives, I didn't see much positives. I didn't see anything that we haven't. You know, when I think of positives, I'm thinking of something we haven't seen, um, we haven't noticed before, maybe in the game, and something that might help us with thinking we're going to get a result at Millwall. But I can't say I did. We always keep, we always have the ball for sixty odd percent. So I, you know, it's 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 positive. I don't think it's a positive though. If you see what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So listen, we, we're going to knock Reading on the head to the side because there are negatives about uh, the Reading game, but there are positives about what's happened in the midweek where Brentford actually won their first cup since. And correct me if I'm wrong, people out there, but since the war, if I remember rightly, the War Cup. Um, we've, we've gone for quite a few cups. We've gone for the Leyland Daft Trophy and the Sherpa Vans Trophy and the Johnson's Paints, whatever you want to call it, and all these other cups that we tried to go for, and we haven't won any of them. But on Wednesday night, the B team, or Tuesday night, actually, the B team played Griffin Park. They played Haraborough, and they beat them 4-0 in the Middlesex Senior Cup. And they won the cup. And they were very happy, and Bees fans very happy, and they celebrated actually Brentford winning a cup. We're going to come back, and we're going to talk about that game very briefly after this little break. So Griffin Park, Tuesday night, Middlesex Senior Cup, Brentford B played Harrow Borough, and uh, quite a few fans down there. I didn't see what the official crowd was, but again, it was a fair few fans that were down there that made their way to Griffin Park. Paid on the door to go and see this match. Wanted to try and see the victory for the B team. After the week beforehand, they played the London Senior Cup, where they played Welling. And uh, unfortunately, they lost 1-0 to Welling. Um, quite disappointed about that, the B team, because, you know, for them, it's a big, big game. And they're really let down, so I think they're really fired up for this one. It was, a, it was a tight match, it has to be said, you know, for at least the first hour. Then after that, Brentford seemed to sort of kind of just ratchet up a bit. And turn up the turn up the gears, and and they knocked in four goals, played some beautiful football, and they were well worthy winners. And like I said to you, you see the photographs there from uh, from that game. Afterwards, you see the, the the cup. They are so proud. You know, obviously the the victory was held in honour as well of Rob Rowan, who in effect he put together that B team. It was his baby. You know, he wanted it to build from nothing to something. He wants to see the players go on to another level. And for that, they felt that that victory was for him. So I think it was extra special, that victory against Haraborough last night. Um, I watched it. You know, we all watched it. And, um, I mean, what was, your, what was your thoughts, Sav? I mean, did you enjoy the game? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I did enjoy it, actually. I thought it was a very good game. I do like the way the B team play. I mean, there are strong similarities with the the, uh, the first team. And we try to play good football on the ground. And it's always good to look at these players before they come up and, uh, you know, sort of keep an eye on them. And uh, I'm still gutted that we haven't got Zane Westbrook myself, but I've uh, always loved him. But it's really, I mean, someone like uh, Colder Silver really looks amazing. Uh, he really looks like a 
strong lad, you know, real speed on him and uh, can get a good cross in as well. So so you see these players and you just see, you know, you, you kind of almost say, well, he's a bit like Rico and you see Ali Kou, he's a bit like Sawyer's and he's a bit like so-and-so. And it's quite nice to, to sort of plot these these lads sort of route through how they might make it into the first team and where they'd play. And uh, as I said, the football is just as good as the first team, which just looks fantastic. Um, but I really enjoyed the game. There's some really nice goals taken, lots of uh, good opportunities. And uh, yeah, just a very enjoyable game to watch, like most B-team games that we play are. And, and, and talking about goals, I mean, the goals were scored by, we've got Joe Hardy scored a couple, we've got Gustav Mogensen scored a goal, and also Frederick Hammer, Hammer Time, scored a goal as well. And Joe Hardy, I mean, talking about Joe Hardy up front, obviously a lot has been said about Joe Hardy. I remember we used to have a lot of discussions about Hardy ourselves as to when is he going to come into the first team because he scored so many goals for the B team. I've lost track of how many goals he scored. I know in January, when we played Bayern Munich, he scored a, a brace against Bayern Munich. We, I think he'd scored 24 goals then. And we're into April now, you know, and he scored, you know, a couple of goals. Now, he, he, he must be on 30, 32, 34 goals, I think, for the B team at the moment now. Was there anything in the Hardy that you thought, hmm, it may be worthwhile putting him on the what? bench? It seemed to me that he would have scored about 70 goals by now if he wasn't offside all the time. <laughs> he, he was just constantly offside, especially first half. Just, you know, every, every ball that went anywhere you know, beyond their back line, he was just caught offside. So he's got stuff to learn. Um, he was coming back very deep at some points. Um, so I'm not sure how, how much of an out-and-out striker he is. Or, uh, you know, we don't really play with an out-and-out striker anyway, do we? So, uh, but he's, uh, he, he's, he's, um, looks decent. He's got, certainly got an eye for goal, but his overall all round play is probably why he's not getting a, a sniff of the, on the bench yet. Yeah, Lord. yeah I, I reckon if Joe, if we were talking six years ago and Joe Hardy was doing that in a, you know, B team development team, whatever, he would be, be up for first team promotion. Um, you know, but I just think that. From what I've seen of him, he's a brilliant goal scorer, and um, and that, that's never a bad thing. But he just, yeah, he needs to improve his his, his overall game. Um, I'm pretty, I would imagine the club think something along those lines too, because for a player that's that prolific, not to have had any sort of a look in um, yet, especially in a season that you know, I mean, I guess he, I, I guess the, you could say. You got Mope and you got Watkins, so what, why would you sort of um, have him there? But I, but I, I, I think he just needs to de- develop a lot more, and I'm sure that's what the club will be trying to do with him. Um, if he develops into an all-round player that can score goals like that, then um, he's going to be, a, you know, potentially a great player for the club. But um, I think it's a lot more work for him. And it's, I mean, again, interesting you say that because uh, again, we know this and we've heard from various people that Thomas Frank, you know, very good technical coach, covers all the bases, but also has got set very, very, very high standards, very, very, very high bar. So I can imagine for these BT players to come in, they need to be able to do, and also I got that from when I spoke to him, the, the times that I've spoken to him, you know, I spoke to him quite a few times, he expects players to play in a particular way. I think he expects them to, if they're attacking players, to not only attack, but to track back and defend and do it, you know, really you know, not 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 just 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 a little bit here, a bit there. They really need to sort of kind of um, work their game and 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 do that. Same thing in the midfield. They have to work 
um, both sides of their game, and it's really important. And I think that if you haven't got those both sides to your game, then uh, then Thomas Frank will just still keep you in that development mode. The Allards. And I I think it's also you know the, the sort of the ethos of the club is that you know Matthew Benham famously or maybe not so famously, but to me famously said I think it was three or four years ago when he was asked um, about what 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 you're looking for in a centre forward, and he said that you know. An absolute push and towards the bottom of the list was how many goals he scores. And that, because we don't, that's not what we look for. So I don't see there's any reason why when we sign a player to promote a player from the B team, we equally wouldn't value goals that they score as much as a lot of other clubs do. We look for more than that. I mean, the interesting thing about this Middlesex Cup is um, I saw a few comments, like I said, I saw a few comments flying around from a few Dulwich Hamlet fans beforehand who weren't particularly happy about playing Brentford, not about not playing Brentford as such, but they thought, hold on a second, why are Brentford in the, it's the London Senior Cup at the time? You know, we can't be having this. And they equated it to very similar to what happened in the Checker Trade Trophy, where all of a sudden, you know, Man City and, you know, Chelsea and all these teams start to play their B teams in the Checker Day Trophy because they thought it devalued the cup. And this, these cups have been going on for a very long time, traditionally with non-league teams, and all of a sudden it's up, boop, we pop up with our team now. It was a bit of a strange one for me because obviously I wanted Brentford to win, but then if they didn't win, as long as there was a good game, we saw some players come out of it, I didn't really mind. And I also understood what the guys were saying and the guys and girls were saying from, from Dulwich, saying, you know, I'm not quite sure about this. Other people didn't seem to care. They actually seemed to really enjoy the fact that we <laughs> that we played them and we actually brought quite a few fans down and it was a decent crowd for them. I can't remember. It was about five, 600 fans down there for this, this match when normally, apparently... Um, for a match like that, you'd normally get about 100 or 150. So for them, they're thinking, this is good. This is good income for us. So there's always a balancer. On uh, Tuesday night, Brentford played Harrow Borough in the, in, the, in the Middlesex Senior Cup. Again, we have a scenario, and we've been asking ourselves a question. Is it right that Brentford plays in this trophy? There's uh, plus sides and there's negative sides. The Allards, what are your thoughts? Well, I was at Dulwich and that got sort of thrown at me and I hadn't really thought about it. So that did get me thinking about it because, you know, I'm very against the checker trade trophy situation. Um, and I was kind of inclined to agree um, originally with, 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 you know, the Dulwich supporter. Um, but then I actually thought about it and I thought, well, the difference is, is that we are in London and we are in Middlesex, whereas Chelsea aren't in League one or League two. So, uh, you know, there's a better argument for us playing in in the London um, Senior Cup or the Middlesex Senior Cup. And I think traditionally, you know, professional clubs did play in it as well. Um, So I think, yeah, I think there's a better argument for it. Um, I guess if it became packed with professional teams, um, well, or maybe that would increase it as, you know, because... It would bring, um, you know, it would it'd bring attendance up. But yeah, originally I was thinking, yeah, I think they're right. But but that's the key difference, isn't it? You know, Chelsea aren't in League One or League Two, nor are all those other development teams that get to play in the Checker Trade Trophy. So I can still be vehemently against that and be happy with Brentford playing in the London Cup and the Middlesex Cup. Savvy. Well, I, I think we should take it a bit more seriously and play our A team. <laughs> um, I think we might have a chance of winning a few more trophies. Um, but I think, yeah, I think Matt's absolutely right. Uh, we, we are in London, we are in Middlesex, and we've we've got more of a reason to be there. So, um, yeah, I mean, 
hopefully. Uh, the, the other teams appreciate it now that we've been there. We've uh, we brought, brought in a few fans across, and uh, yeah, hopefully it's all good. So I've got to, okay. So I'll ask yeah, the question. So let, let me just quickly ask a question before you come in there. So okay, that's fine, and I understand your logic there, both of you. So uh, if Chelsea B team were in there as well in the London Senior Cup, and Arsenal B team were in the London Senior Cup, and uh, and Tottenham B team in the London Senior Cup, would that be fine? I, I think, in a way, that, that would give, obviously, the non-league teams even less opportunity. But also, does it, you know, increase revenue for them? But clearly, in the Checker Trade to- Trophy, I don't think it is increasing revenue um, because it seems even less people are interested in it than before. Uh, whereas, I think, in you know, the, the evidence of Brentford playing at Dulwich was, was it did increase the, the crowd. So, I guess it's a little bit swings and roundabouts. Um, I, I'm in... I also like, Bill, that you went with the London Senior Cup because you were quite clear on which clubs are in London. <laughs> which, which, which of them can play in the Middlesex Senior Cup? Because I'm less clear on that. <laughs> well, I think we probably quite like the Middlesex Senior Cup better because we can just say, actually, tell you something, don't let anyone else in, just us. Just us you know, so, uh, so we're very, think, yeah, we're right for that. I, I, Tottenham, Tottenham might count in the Middlesex Senior Cup. Yeah. I, I, I struggle with that bit of geography. Um, so I do I do know that I'm pretty certain uh, probably in the late 80s, um, Chelsea played in the, uh, in the, I think it was the Middlesex Senior Cup uh, because they there was a final at Hampton that um, they were involved in and, you know, I, sort of strange things, yeah. strange things in your head. But because at the time, you know, it was quite a big thing, Chelsea playing Hampton, they were going to smash it up or whatever, supposedly. Yeah, I think what I would probably like to do is actually ask the teams that are in the Middlesex Cup year in, year out, uh, how they would feel. Because ultimately, we don't know if we're if they've just been nice to us this year and we're just treading on their toes and they're really cheesed off about having these teams that, you know, with a, you know, a big-ish name. Uh, that we've got, you know, and uh, and just coming in and taking their trophies. I mean, is it really, really cheesing them off or, or are they just happy to see us? I think ultimately we should ask them for their, for their opinion and then take it from there. Uh, I mean, I mean, I think there's tro- obviously there's trophies, there's crown, there's income. I mean, I know that when I was chatting to Dulwich Hamlet and we were, again, I know a lot of people down there and we were talking about, um, you know, at the time, um, wasn't sure where it's going to be because we had won, um, it was going to be a home game so as many at Brentford at home, and I was like getting really excited. I was going, oh, fantastic. It's going to be at Brentford at home. It's going to be really great. And all the Dulles fans are getting excited. Great, I've not been to Griffin Park. Great, let's all, you know, let's all get ready to come down there. And I said, oh, that's really good. It's like, you know, for all our B-team games at Griffin Park, we make them free. And they all went, what? Are we, I don't know if we can do And for that. us, it's like even having a revenue of three, even three quid or four quid or five quid is so much more important than them, to them than it may be for us. You know, for us to get a crowd of, you know, 500 people with three quid, you know, it's kind of what they call, but there's a bigger picture. Whereas for them, all of a sudden they're thinking, oh, no, we can't, we can't do a free game. So the, the revenue is, is also very important for these teams. And again, look at the crowd yesterday. The crowd yesterday was, I think, is de- was fairly decent for this type of match. Like I said to you, from what I can gather, the London Senior Cup, the, the, the final normally has a crowd of maybe about 200 or so. And we had a semi-final where the crowd was um, 500 or 600. So they're just saying that this crowd is already three times what it would be for the final. So what I'm trying to say is that these teams, I think, 
will actually maybe balance up the revenue that they get as well and the profile that they may get from playing a team like Brentford as well. But I'm, I'm only saying this as a Brentford fan because, again, like the Allard said, I've not actually spoken to a, you know, a Harrow fan or, or, or a Wheelstone fan and, and maybe that might be but interesting to find out for next season. Matt? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think, I think that's a good point by Sav. Um, I, I, but then I say, what do they have to do? Do they have to rename it the Middlesex Non-League Senior Cup? Okay, and and this game is obviously it's the last well, so the last match, but it's a big send off for Last Freeze. Last Freeze stepped up to the plate when Kevin O'Connor was promoted from the head of the B team, B team coach to assistant coach to, uh, to Thomas Frank in the in the first team. And Last Freeze, who I think was his assistant at the B team, he's actually stepped up as well to become the uh, the B team coach. And like I said, Dewey's he's taken a lot of these players to another level. Um, he's uh, he's a, another. Really clever, well-educated, likeable, quite funny bloke. I mean, we've seen him <laughs> get quite animated with the referee and he doesn't mince his words, it has to be said. And we've had a few little jokes with him on the touchline. You know, he's, he seems to be a good bloke and he's another one that is leaving the fold. Um, again, it's a bit of a shame because he's he's, he's probably only been in the, the, the job for, for how long for? What, three or four months or so. So um, he's, he stepped up to the plate, but all of a sudden now, I think for family reasons and for personal reasons, he's going back to Denmark and he's probably going to get a great gig out there, probably sort of managing sort of a kind of half-decent team out there and, and, and good luck to him as well. But do you think that this, we've got a lot of changes this season, how much do you think this is going to affect us? Or do you think it's just one of those things that we just have to put up with and move on? Uh, from what I can see is that we, we've got everything covered. I think... Um, the only person we didn't have covered was Rob Bowen, because um, that was, I think, such a shock. And uh, I think last week's actually uh, gave him a good shout out in his post-match um, post-match interview. Um, I, th- I think uh, every, everyone else, uh, we know what we're doing. We've, we have a backup plan for for anyone uh, leaving. So I think, including players. So I think that's. Um, I, th- I think we're, we're, we probably know what we're doing. We've probably got something in the pipeline. Uh, but as he did say, we've still got to have about five games, five B-team games to go. So he's, he's around for a while yet. He, he, he is indeed as well. And there's also like I said, there's a, a nice little touch as well um, at the end of that match as well. Um, I mean, I mean, the Allard might be able to explain this a little bit more about the B-team players. Uh, they've got another person who's very, very close to them as well, which is uh, Trish, who's the kit, um, their kit woman as well, isn't it, um, the Allard's? Is that right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And they did a nice little touch at the end there, didn't they? Yeah, absolutely. And Trish is, Trish, I, I know they love Trish. Um, Trish, you know, has um, been through quite a lot in the last uh, five or six months, but Trish is great. And um, she was a brilliant sort of, to, to, to come in as a, as, as a sort of a kit woman and almost somebody that could, you know, give give the, the players some sort of, per, is parental the right word, but some, some support. They really, and they, and they love Trish. Um, I've, you know, I've been with Trish um, a couple of on a couple of occasions, and you can tell when the B team players come over to her; they think the world of her, um, and she's great. And yeah, it was it was a nice, really good thing. And again, a really good thing is the fact, like I said, she, I mean, the analogs say that she's been, you know, she's she's had um, a bit of illness and everything like that, and so she's been off from work and she's been away from the B team. But you know, she's she's getting through that now which is really really great really really positive and they bought her on the pitch and they got her to lift the trophy with all the team there and she's in the team photograph and it's a really great photograph of togetherness Brentford togetherness as well and that was just like a really nice moment wasn't it yeah so when you know and when Trish was diagnosed um 
um, with cancer, which is what she's been um, been going through for the last, I think it's probably about six months, and lots of chemo and stuff like that. Um, Rob was incredibly supportive um, of her, and um, and you know she 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 can't speak highly enough of Rob as well. And I think it you know it really does go to show what a great sort of club and setup we have. And um, yeah, it's just um, yeah, it was good to see. I've, I've, I've you know feeling almost a little bit emotional now myself. <laughs> I thought you would feel emotional. So listen, big cup win. So we we're going out on a positive here as well, and uh, that will set us up very much for next season because like I said to you some of these players we're hoping they're going to come through you know all you guys you've mentioned a few players that you know that that, that you you thought look quite exciting you know from your De Silvers you know we could have a team full of De Silvers you know you just never know we might, might need one for Bristol City as well we could be De Silver ourselves right up as well like you know you, you say you've got your Ali Coot you know you've got, you, you, you've got your Archibald which you know if he carries on doing what he's doing there's just something about Archibald who looked like he looked like the sort of more senior player the one that I, I've had a few, I've got a few games under my belt. You know, sometimes when you get a first team player who moves into the B team, and you can see the difference in confidence, you know, difference like a swagger. And for him, you could kind of see that. And I thought that was really, that was really quite positive, really quite good. And you know, I'll be quite surprised if we don't see him in the first team quite soon. But next season, as you've seen, the uh, the dates are already announced, which is quite scary because you know when that's happened, it's uh, the end of the season is almost over. And uh, if you need any dates for your diary, the 20th of June, that is the date that the fixtures come out. So I know that's the date where a lot of people actually kind of pin that in their diary. And then some of those people don't actually kind of book holiday until after the 20th of June because they want to see what games they want to miss or don't want to miss. So put that date in, the, in, in your diary as well. The season actually starts on Saturday, August the 3rd, unless you've got a TV game. So it's probably starting Friday, August the 2nd, if you're on TV as well. So the very first, like literally the beginning of August, it's normally the first Saturday in August, but it's very early this year because obviously the first Saturday falls um, almost on the 1st of August as well. We've got the Caribou Cup, which is on Monday, the August 12th. So it's that week, Caribou Cup. And then the playoff date, the championship playoff date, if you want to pencil that in, I'm not saying you should do because you don't want to count one's chickens, does one? It's Monday, Bank Holiday Monday, the 25th of May. So that's those are always dates I always pencil in my diary so that you put them in there and you get them in there early. So uh, you can always say, oh, look, it's in the diary, honest, look, look. You know, and trying to get a holiday booked at half term. So it's got to be done. Um, Sav, any one of those dates particularly you, you, you're looking excited about? Uh, I'm just hoping there's no good games between the 4th and the 14th of September because I've already booked my holidays. Have you? That's a bit organised, haven't it? Uh, I haven't been on holiday for four years, so I just thought, sod it, I'm going to book it, and I don't care who who we're playing those two weekends. So uh, if it's if it's Fulham at home, I'm just buggered. Forget it. Yeah, Fulham at home and Fulham away, so... Yeah, and, <laughs> two weekends. And, yeah, and, and, that's, and QPR at home. Yeah, yeah. that'll be the midweek game. Yeah, yeah. and Port, Portsmouth, Portsmouth away and Luton away as well. Just shoveled in there, just for you, Sav. I don't, I don't mind those. Okay, <laughs> yeah, which is all good. I mean, the Allard. Anything you know? Are you, are you one of these playoff um, pencilers? You know, saying that puts in the playoffs and tries not to put anything in on a bank holiday weekend every year. Um, I um, yeah, I I kind of try and leave that weekend free because you're kind of a little bit aware of it. Um, I what was quite amusing was that just after Birmingham took a, took their ten point or whatever many point reduction, a friend of mine who's a Birmingham City fan actually um, invited me to a to, to, to a celebration um, <laughs> during the uh, I think it's the weekend, the first weekend of the playoffs, and I sort of 
you know, texted him back and said, um, obviously you've arranged that very quickly after your points deduction. Um, <laughs> and, um, yeah, so, um, yeah, you try and leave the sort of May dates kind of free, don't you? Yeah. I, I, I haven't been to the first game in the season for a few um, for a few years because I'm often in Belgium at a, a motorbike race, um, and that's always takes place uh, the first week here, the first weekend of um, August. I think it's a holiday weekend in Europe. Uh, so I, it doesn't look like I'll be going to that this year. So I might be able to get to the first game of the season, which would be good, uh, home or away. Yeah. And yeah. I, I mean, I personally, I like the first away, our first game of the season to be away. Um, I, I, just, I just do lovely sunny. It's normally really sunny on that day. You know, it's excitable because you know you haven't actually played any matches, so you you jump on the train. You know, not not too far necessarily, but you know, Midlands are a little bit above. You know, Stoke City is the first okay away game last season was was good enough. You know, it was only you know an hour and a half, couple of hours on the train. I think it's going to be you know it's really great. So I look forward to. That first game of the season. I mean, coming back to the playoffs, I'm actually, I'm actually right. going to, I'm actually going to all the, I'm going to all, all the playoffs again this, uh, this year. I'm actually going to, even though we're not in it, yeah, I, I booked tickets for them, even though Redford are flying. <laughs> I am, yeah. I'm going. Well, to... I, I, I may possibly see you at one of them. Yes, yeah. Depending on you know what goes on with League One. Um, oh yeah, sorry, so... no, no, all the Championship playoffs. Sorry, I'm not, not, not the, not the League One. Ah, uh, yeah. I thought yeah. you meant all the playoff games. No, no, no um, I tell you too much. What I have just realised is that I'm actually I'm actually at Edgbaston for the Ashes on August the third. So ideally, our first game of the season will be away somewhere in Birmingham. <laughs> okay, yeah. oh that's right. I remember one day, one year, you actually popped out of the cricket for, um, for a I, bit. I, I, I think that was the last time I went to the first game of the season. Was that um, it was a uh, yeah it was at the Oval. So I um, I came down for the game and went back to the Oval. <laughs> the evening session, yeah, which is uh, which is which is cool, but um, but yeah, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to the playoffs. I'm going I'm going I'm going to try and actually get to both the the, the games on the Saturday. Um, there's a couple of games on the Saturday. I think it's been announced yet, and also there's a game on the Tuesday and a game on the Wednesday as well. And I'm going to be doing a little bit of filming down there, and also going to play a final as well at Wembley as well. So I'm going to be quite uh, quite busy, but it'll be it'll be quite nice to be just relaxed and just not be. Uh, just not having to watch, uh, you know, not not have the heart attacks that we normally have. But anyway, we're going to look forward to Friday. Good Friday. Hopefully it's going to be a good Friday to these. We've got Millwall coming down. We normally have a fire from the hive, but we thought, tell you something, end of the season, we're going to just, we're going to just knock the hive on the head and we're going to discuss the den ourselves. Just, just a little couple of thoughts about playing Millwall on Friday and our little day out and what we expect to get out of that game. Friday, good Friday. Fingers crossed it's going to be good Friday. The den, the bees are going down the den. And uh, last time we went to the den, we got a stung. Typical newspaper headline thing, that isn't it? Bees got stung at the den. Um, we're keeping our fingers crossed that we're not going to get stung again at the den. But the den, as we know, and as Everton know, and as all sorts of teams know, Leeds United know, it's not the best place to go if you're on the beach. It's not the best place to go when the team that you're playing is absolutely potted for it because they know that they need to win that match to avoid relegation. So it's going to be a bit of an interesting game, to say the least. And I'm just wondering, guys, how are we going to come out of this one? Um, yeah, uh, it's I'm more confident about Leeds, bizarrely, than I am about Millwall. I, I, I sort of think that these are the sort of games we struggle with even when we're um 
even when we have got something to play for, when we haven't got anything to play for, it you know, Mill will have still. Um, it feels like this is going to be hard work on Friday. Uh, so I think we could come unstuck again, I'm afraid. And how, I mean, I'd say, and, and how unstuck are we going to come? Because you know, um, you know what that rule's like. Yeah, we'll get physically battered, They'll, uh, you know, and the roar will get up. And um, and I, it, it, it's difficult to see how a win would come away at Millwall with the current sort of status of, you know, injuries um, and having less to play for than they have. OK, I'm, got, I'm going to ask this question. I know we've been talking about new players, opportunities, something like that. What can we do to actually kind of put a bit of spark in this game? Put a bit of beef into this game. What can we I, do? Can we, you know, out of the box I, maybe. Go four three three. I, I think change the system. Try something different. Um, get Marcondes into the midfield. Although I still think you know Marcondes, Sawyer's, and De Silva is it's a that's a kind of a you know it's a midfield with not much tackling still. Um, so I, I think that puts us up against it. Alternatively, we could, you know, we could do something like that. Maybe just stick someone else in midfield. Maybe somebody from the B team. Um, I, but but mix it up. Just do something different. Let's not go in doing doing what we did at, at Reading and um, not changing it. And, and, and Sam, I'm just going to ask you. I'm going to ask you that question coming before, but it's interesting because Matt says and not changing it. We asked this question before. I'm going to ask again. Do we? Do we? Do we just try too hard to keep on doing the same thing? Or is this the thing that we need to do to try and make ourselves better? As I'm saying, is that if we've got a formation, we just keep banging our heads against the wall even though it doesn't work? Or sometimes is that just what we need to do until eventually it works? Do you think we've got, do you think we've got it wrong? I think we haven't got the players to change it up. I mean, the way, the way we play is the way we play. And every player in our squad fits into these, these particular holes. So we can't really change it up. All we can do is change to 4-3-3. And that basically doesn't really change our forward lookingness anyway. It only changes our, our sort of defensive mindset. Um, I think our best chance on Friday is if Millwall are nervous. And, uh, and then we can, you know, if we can start playing with sort of the freedom, we start, they start giving the ball away a little bit, and we start getting a few breaks. Um, I think that that could see something different because we are, you know, we, we are a sort of very good footballing team. I think if we press high, um, you know, we, we we can we can sort of stop them uh, having the ball and we we sort of make them a bit nervous and because I think their way of playing is tends to be quite um, direct. Uh, I can see our defenders having a, a a lot of trouble and as Matt said earlier, Madsbex might be the right kind of player for this. Sort of, you know, as a sort of strong, strong lump against their strong lumps. So, um, so yeah, it's going to be difficult. But I think hopefully they're nervous and we just play with a bit of freedom. End of season, nothing much to worry about, and so I, we might be able to get something that way. I think I, I maybe the route to a win would be, you know, some sort of early goal on the break, and then we control the game by not giving the ball away. But that's not going to stop them bombarding us airily, you know, and that and and that's where we struggle. You, you watching? You've been watching the Reading game highlights, then, yeah? Well, yeah. You know, <laughs> it, you know I but uh, I, you know, have we got? If Millwall go one up, if Millwall are two nil up after fifteen minutes, can you see any way back from that? No, no. Uh, so, so, but there is a, you know, maybe the route to victory is we score first, we control the game, they get frustrated. Okay, so listen, just going around the table, score prediction, Nielard. Uh Two one Millwall. 
Laney's uh, Laney's he's gone off down the, the the Turkish river with his with his Turkish stout. So uh, the Laney's uh, been very quiet, as you know. But uh, you know, when you're over in Asia, stroke Europe, stroke Asia, you know, you do different things. But I'm sure Laney will say one one as well. And for myself, I'm going to go. I'm going to go two all. It's going to be fiery as well so listen it's gonna be good listen we should have a good day i know we've been trying to research the uh, the, the, the beer mile as well i mean i know a lot of people will be doing the beer mile unfortunately a lot of the pubs aren't open till uh well they're not open at all i mean i don't know if they didn't do their research or what but it's closed on good friday and they just haven't opened up even though there's gonna be loads of bees in town so i think that people are gonna be making alternative arrangements for uh, for friday particularly before the match but you know, early kickoff as well. Remember, everybody, it's a one o'clock kickoff. So don't be getting down to Millwall at three o'clock. It's a one o'clock kickoff for Millwall. You need to find somewhere nice and early to plot yourself up in the morning. Have a nice little brunch, you see yourself. But anyway, Sotted Pride of West London podcast. Looking forward to going to Millwall on Friday. Probably meeting up with a few Millwall chums. Meeting up with mates beforehand. And then afterwards, we'll have a good Friday, fingers crossed. Having seen Brentford not lose at the Den, I think, I think their aim is to not lose at the Den. And hopefully we can nick three points but as we say it's good myself billy grant savvy b we got the allard and we got laney down on the river somewhere as we say come on come on days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com selling a little or a lot shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.